Well, hello there, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing services, programs, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're talking with Hans Christensen, Director of Operations, Solid Waste Management Program, that's in the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, He's here to let us know about the impacts of COVID-19 on waste collection in Fairfax County, about visiting our disposal sites and what we can all do to help with trash, recycling, and yard waste during these times. Uh, Hans, definitely thank you so much for being here with us to to talk about a lot of important uh, issues I know to residents. Well, good morning, Jim, and thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely glad to uh, to have you here and look forward to the conversation. I don't even know where to begin when we're talking, you know, three huge topics, really. Trash, recycling, yard waste, and of course, a little bit about glass recycling as well we can throw in there. Um, let me just first of all ask, what does solid waste management mean when we say the solid, solid waste management program uh, in Fairfax County? What is solid waste? Well, solid waste is the material that's um, thrown away by residences and, and commercial businesses. So the, the, the county is structured in such a way that um, the, the county itself provides some of that services to county buildings, county facilities, and to a certain number, about 10% of the population here or 10% of the homes in the county. And then the rest of those um, homes and businesses are serviced by private haulers who are licensed in the in the county. Mm, okay. So it's everything. It's, it's the trash we throw away. It's our yard waste. It's our glass recycling. Those are the things we're talking about when we hear solid waste. Yes. Okay. And you said about 10% of the county is serviced by Fairfax County? Yeah, there's a what's what's called a sanitary district that uh, that's approved by the board, and there's approximately 44,000 homes that uh, that the county actually services with their own vehicles and their own staff. I don't want to get into the history and how that all came about or whatever, but I do have a curiosity question that that maybe some residents have as well. Why are these certain sanitary districts in place? You know, why not either go all in or all out, you know, why is the county only doing a portion of, of the solid waste management for, for a portion of the residents? Well, that's a, it's, it's, it's a great question. I think there's some, some legacy um, issues behind that, I'm sure. Um, the, the collection of solid waste was historically and has historically been a municipal function, but over the years there's been more and more privatization. So I can mm-hmm. imagine that that was, that was probably part of that process in the beginning. Most of our sanitary districts are over on the eastern edge of the county. So as the county developed and grew west, then there were more and more homes, more and more pressure on on, uh, on needs for equipment and infrastructure. And, and I imagine at that point, the, 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 the private community came in and, and started to fill some of those gaps. But right. the sanitary district is a state... Uh, created um, um, mechanism that's approved by the board, and then it allows for those homes to be put on the tax rolls. So there's mm-hmm. a there's a bill that comes through your your tax bill. Gotcha. I I can only imagine uh, the the management of solid waste is uh, not a cheap endeavor, and probably not a uh, 
a, a endeavor that uh, actually brings money back in, not a profit producing type thing for the county. Is that is that correct assumptions on both part? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, the 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 fees we are we are not a a, a general fund subsidized um, um, endeavor, and hmm. so all of our fees and and our so it's tipping fees and and collection fees. They all cover the cost of our uh, our operations. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, that's it's very costly. There's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of equipment, um, and and of course a lot of a lot of people and labor. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's, I guess we said three or four different specific areas we want to talk to, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with the COVID-19 pandemic. What kind of effects have that had on uh, the trash, the recycling, the yard waste, uh, glass recycling, uh, overall impacts of COVID-19, more people being at home, I'm assuming more trash being uh, produced by them. W- what have uh, DPWES, the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, and your solid waste management program, what kind of uh, impact have you seen through this COVID-19? Yeah, it's been it's been significant as you could you can imagine. Um, you know these these guys they they need to come in every day. We're not in a situation where we can telework and and phone it in. So they have got to be there um, on site, uh, working closely with coworkers in in a lot of cases to get this work done. And our our primary focus when when this all happened and, and of course it came on quick was uh, safety of our employees, safety of the community, safety of our customers. So we put a lot of effort into that um, with regard to um, our, our our operations. The biggest effect has just been on staffing. You know, there's been a lot of folks that have needed to take some time off, either either because of exposures, because of 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 you know, uh, testing positive, uh, although those have been quite minimal, uh, there have been a few, and um, we, uh, we've had to adjust accordingly. So it, it just puts a, puts a stress and strain on, on our daily work and, and making sure that, that everything gets covered. Right. Remind me, I think there were some I don't know if there were restrictions, guidelines, changes of schedules early on with, uh, we'll start with trash, the trash pickup, trash collection, uh, maybe even yard waste. Um, how, how has that progressed? Were there things done initially early on that kind of changed the routine for residents? And, and where are we at now uh, with those, those kind of pickups and routines and dropping off trash or solid waste, that type of thing? Well, we we have been able to keep the facilities open um, throughout the throughout the whole time. So we haven't mm. uh, we haven't we haven't uh, not opened on any given days. We've we've cut our hours a little bit at uh, at the receiving facilities uh, for for trash and recycling and and yard waste and some materials, um, but not significantly. We um, we did suspend yard waste collection for a while. Uh, we allowed some of the haulers to, um, including ourselves, to, to to not pick that material up until we kind of got our feet under us um, with uh, with a lot of the folks that were taken off initially. Um, we've we've made some changes with regard to material outside the cart, so we've we've asked people just to fill the cart 
and not put anything outside because of the, you know, try to reduce the number of um, um, touches, if you will, that we hmm. made on various surfaces. So, you know, that was done. Um, and, and those are probably the biggest things. And just ask people to recycle more and, and, and grass cycle. I mean, do what you can to, to, to wait on bulk items, that kind of thing, so that we could kind of get through the, the initial shock of, you know, people being gone and, and us making sure that we got uh, trash picked up throughout the county as well as the recycling because those, those are our two um, main focuses. Right. Do you see any of these changes that you have made being long-term or, you know, uh, permanent? Or do you, do you think eventually things will go back to, and I'm going to use my air quotes here, back to the normal the way it was before COVID? Yeah, sure. What, what's going to be normal, right? Right. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part it will. There's some, um, there, there may be some components of the, uh, um, the process that, that stick. Um, nothing significant. Uh, hours are, are pretty much back to normal. We did shuffle some things a little bit. For example, our uh, uh, our Sundays, we used to allow some commercial volume at uh, county facilities. We've kind of reserved that just for residences um, and residents. Um, also, uh, the, um, the the amount of material that you can set outside the cart, um, we're we're kind of working towards um, a, um, a a more equitable system that. Uh, you know that it maybe looks a little bit more like a pay-as-you-go kind of thing at some point. So mm. those things will be talked about and discussed, and and we'll see how that works. But um, I think for the most part, residents are going to see um, pretty much the same when when we kind of cycle through all this. Right now, we're having kind of a um, another challenge, if you will, uh, not just the county, but some of the private haulers too, with with getting all the yard waste picked up. Again, we have we prioritize that with trash recycling and then yard waste. So if we're short of staff, for example, then we'll we'll maybe not pick up some yard waste or suspend it, postpone it. Um, but we do our best to notify folks and let them know. But uh, we always come back around and make sure that we get that collected. And uh, um, you know, we're like I said, experiencing a little bit of that now. But um, overall, I think things will with your air quotes, get back to normal at some point. Right. Well, you know, I would think that uh, the middle of summer, you know, we're, we're talking the, you know, the middle of August, you know, the hot dog days of summer, that yard waste would be, would be down because, you know, the spring, you would think people are getting into the yard, doing cleanups, spring cleanups and that type of thing. Again, I would assume you'd have this lull in August with the hot weather. And then maybe as we start heading back into the fall, people getting back in the yard doing fall planting and cleanup. So you'll have more yard waste. Um, it is, is that a, is that a normal cycle that you see, or is it just pretty steady for yard waste? No, I, th- I think you're right on. That's uh, that's kind of normal seasonal cycle that we see with yard waste. We, um, we pick up yard waste 10 months of the year. So oh, wow. it, it, it stops at the end of December and it starts back up again in uh, March 1st. So mm-hmm. there's so you don't get much, obviously, in the middle of winter. It spikes through the spring and early summer, and then it starts to 
to, to drop off a little bit as it gets hot, as you said, dog days of summer. So we see less volumes, but then it'll pick up again, and then we roll right into, um, at least for the county collections, we roll into a leaf season. Um, right. And, and, you know, for the private haulers, that, that material's probably out at the curb, so they're picking up leaves with, with the rest of the yard waste. So you'll see another, um, another spike in the fall when, when all the leaves start dropping. What, what are the recommendations for now and, and, and looking ahead for the next you know, month or two with leaves and, and yard waste? What are your recommendations for, for yard waste? Can you, should you bag it? Should you bag it and put it in your can with everything else? You know, what, what are you telling residents to do? Well, we're, we're, we're encouraging them not to use um, plastic. There's, no, there's, there's nothing that says they can't. Um, they're allowed to do that, but we're just we're trying to move um, move toward at some point in time a uh, um, uh, a system that you know keeps plastic bags out of that um, out of that waste stream. So paper bags um, um, are encouraged. Um, uh, cans are 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 encouraged to the extent that they don't get too heavy. So, because that's always a concern with uh, with our um, not not again not just with county uh, collectors, but our, our private collectors, they uh, they need to be able to pick these containers up. Many of them have many of the trucks have mechanical lifts, but right. you know from time to time they, you know the yard waste in particular requires require some 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 manual effort. So um, those those weight restrictions are pretty important. We don't we don't want anybody getting hurt, um, but uh, the um, you know the other side of that would be to to generate less, of course, and and to mm. the extent that people can do some some mulching, some kind of at home composting, grass cycling, those kinds of things are always uh, always great ideas and always encouraged. You mentioned the less touches on uh, you know solid waste, yard waste, that type of thing. If I remember correctly, early on in the in the this COVID you know outbreak. Uh, it seems like the purple cans, the purple can club, uh, were were those shut down or something affected glass recycling again because of the cutting down on the number of touches that people had to make? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the primary driver, and that as well as you know sometimes they became a gathering point, so you know, uh. we, were, we were trying to minimize that as well. So we pulled those cans out for oh gosh, I can't even remember, but a few weeks. Um, maybe a month or two, and they've all since been put back out, and those volumes have, have resumed and, and picked back up. Our our residents are, um, um, you know, are, are are pretty active with their with their glass recycling, and that program's taken off pretty well. So um, we're very encouraged. All right. We're talking with Hans Christensen. He is the Director of Operations with the Solid Waste Management Program with Fairfax County's Department of Public Works and Environmental Services here on the County Conversation podcast. And I think uh, glass recycling is one of those uh, uh, good habits that we've learned over years that we that we should be doing. And I think now it's becoming uh, kind of like second nature for everybody to do it. So it was kind of like a uh, maybe a shock to the system when they didn't have that that outlet that, that they had learned to to take advantage of, but the the purple cans, I, I think they're even actually increasing the number of locations. Yes, uh, we get requests uh, continually for additional locations, and and they're they're being put out on a regular basis. The um, 
you know the 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 material that that we're able to get is very clean so residents and users are doing a great job of sorting their glass keeping it separate not putting trash or plastic or other items in the containers and that's allowing us to to process the material which we do down at our I95 facility and 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 we've been able to secure outlets for um, construction material, um, both as a sand and an aggregate, which are the two products that are produced from the crushing. And mm. we we do have some outlets where they're using it for kind of glass-to-glass recycling, so it goes right back into a plant to make new glass. Uh-huh. And uh, we're also working with uh, a, uh, um, a customer that's purchasing that material for um, sandblasting medium. And uh, they work out of the the Norfolk area, shipyards where a lot of that uh, a lot of that material is used. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, clean clean glass. Is that is that not only keeping trash and plastic and that type of stuff out, but also having clean glass? In other words, is there anything you need to do to your glass to be able to recycle it? And are there and are there certain colors of glass that are not allowed? All colors of glass are uh, are accepted. Um, the uh, you know, best thing you can do is is rinse it out and uh, and and take you know take the top off. I mean, because the metal's not not. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's recovered because we got magnets in the process that pull the metal out. But um, in terms of putting it in the containers, best thing to do is just rinse it out, take the top off, um, and uh, uh, from there, it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, what about other parts of recycling? Anything you can uh, address? Guidelines you can give us about uh, recycling? Yeah, I think the, the the best thing to do is is keep material clean, keep it dry, keep it loose. Um, we ask people not to bag it because that because mm. what happens is people tend to put it in a plastic bag, right. and and that material then just kind of gets you know caught up in the in the machinery that that sorts and processes the the recycled material or recyclable material and and it just kind of detracts from the recovery and the quality of material so um you know those those things go a long way and then the other thing is you know make sure that you're putting in the items that that we're recycling so you know oftentimes you get uh, hoses and baby diapers and you know, things that can't be recycled and and part of that's an education process and we're we're we are and i know our our private community is doing the same thing um trying to educate and always working with their customers as to what to put in what not to put in um, but if if we tackle those things and 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 our recycling stream is 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 improving uh, i i i mean dare I say, significantly. So uh, it right. certainly helps the value. We pull the glass out. We have a separate process for that. And um, and then we're able to um, get better value for things like paper, plastic, metal, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, definitely uh, do not recycle those uh, baby diapers, please. <laughs> uh, any other major things to not recycle? Or on the other side, anything that people may not have known that they could recycle uh perhaps cartons we've we've recently added cartons to the list um you mean like milk cartons yeah like the the paper cartons anything mm. uh 
that's uh, that's made of that um, that uh, kind of waxy paperish. Okay. Um, that's that's acceptable in uh, in the recycling stream, but the 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 main drivers of the recycling are the are paper, cardboard for sure, um, uh, ferrous metal, which is you know your tin cans and food containers, and then then of course aluminum. Um, those 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 are the main recyclable items that uh, um, that are the um, right. the mainstay of the the program. Right. We've only got a couple more minutes left, Hans. But uh, talk to me a little bit about the processing facilities, and you know, I know the I ninety five collection facility, I sixty six, you know, collection facility. What are some of the um, you know, some of the equipment that they're some of the processes that are there? If folks go to those facilities to drop off materials, kind of what's the process for them? Just, just kind of talk a little bit about the, the actual facilities. Well, if they go to uh, I-66 or I-95, they'll be able to drop off uh, the recyclable materials in, in certain areas. Um, it's, it's divided by, you know, kind of fiber and, and, and then metal. Uh, they can also drop off glass. They all have uh, glass containers. Um, we are um, we are working on and and uh, in the process of putting together a, perhaps a, a food processing option uh, or I shouldn't say processing but a um, a food waste option where where that material may be able to be dropped off. Um, they can bring yard waste. They can bring um, um, bulk items, batteries. Um, um, metal, old grills, that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and both sites also have an HHW facility, um, e-waste, uh, old TVs, any, any sort of electronic item, uh, batteries. Uh, they're pretty much full-service sites, um, you know, with the, with the exception of, uh, um, you know, just, just some certain things, you know, explosives, uh, um, ammunition, that kind of thing, that we don't accept that. We don't accept any narcotics in our HHW facility, but it's pretty much everything else that uh, that people need to 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 get rid of, or or to recycle, or to have processed, or to have handled um, more carefully can come to one of those two facilities. Where can folks uh, get more information if they um, have more questions? Is there a web page, telephone number? You know, where, where can folks learn more? Yeah, best thing to do is is check the check the website, um, Public Works Solid Waste. Um, there's a lot of information there. Um, we've redone that website um, fairly recently, so um, we think it's uh, we think it's very interactive and. Um, and, and we'll, we'll give people the information that they need. Um, the, oftentimes the supervisor's offices have information that they provide or newsletters. Um, your hauler puts out a um, statement of services letter. They're required to do that by code, and that includes county customers. Um, that's done at least annually. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, main no- the main number for uh, solid waste is 703-324-5230 if they have questions about either of our facilities or um, perhaps the the Newington operations. So um, 
There's a, a number of ways to find out more information. I would encourage most people to start with that website because there's a, there's a lot of information there that can help them out. Right. FairfaxCounty.gov. You can just uh, search solid waste or solid waste management program or recycling, any of those topics, and you'll find uh, lots of good information. Hans, thank you so much for all this valuable info. Is there a final thought or a, a final uh, statement or something you would like to uh, let listeners know about the county's either the program or about uh, trash, recycling, or yard waste? Any final thought from you before we wrap up? Well, thanks. Uh, I, I guess I, I would, you know, I, I think my just my message to the, you know, to the residents would be thank you. You know, I, I think they've been very patient. Um, I think they've been very understanding. It's been a difficult time in the in the industry. There's a there's a number of cities uh, across the country that are having trouble um, staffing and even picking up trash and and you know the the basic waste. Um, um, items and we haven't had that um our residents have have been great they've kind of rolled with the punches and uh we appreciate that um you know please you know acknowledge them i mean they're in a lot of ways they're kind of first responders for the mm -hmm. environment and uh they do a great job they're to be commended and and they come in every every day um like i said they can't can't telework or phone it in so um you, you you got to appreciate those guys are out there doing a tough job and uh again i think i think the residents have responded and uh and that's to be commended in every weather condition regardless of what mother nature fall, uh, throws at them so yeah absolutely kudos to them and thanks to you hans for being with us on the podcast we certainly do appreciate it thanks for having me Hans Christensen, the Director of Operations Solid Waste Management Program with the County's Department of Public Works and Environmental Services here with us again. If you want to call 703-324-5230 or go to fairfaxcounty.gov and search for the topic of your choice for more information. If you would like to get more Fairfax County news information, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news or you can call 703-Fairfax, that's 703-324-7329, and that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.